And then the ironic thing was, even though we won Heroes Quotes, and I actually went to a different Heroes Quotes trivia later in the cruise, and it was the same question. And I couldn't remember what (laughs) (laughs) that one because I was by myself on that one. And I was like, I need my friends. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel. And Sam, we are headed back to the Mediterranean, the fabulous Mediterranean. Are you excited? I am excited. I feel like we've gotten to record several episodes about Mediterranean cruises recently because, of course, as we're recording, it is currently the end of July. And so folks are, are of course, coming back from cruises on the dream in the Med uh, and other European cruises as well. So she just transitioned. Her first port of call stop on Southampton was yesterday, I believe it is. And her first port of call stop on, I'm going to forget the name of the French city, but the French city where she is stopping today, I believe it is, was, was today or yesterday. So yeah. Yeah. So there's some really cool ports that the Dream has been able to go to now. And of course, all these really great itineraries over in Europe and especially the Med. And I'm excited because we've got a longtime listener joining us today. She has not been on the show before, but I think she's got a lot of great information to share about sailing in the Med, a really unique itinerary, the 11-night itinerary specifically, and about sailing with some kids with special needs as well. So let's welcome to the show, Lynn. Welcome. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Brian. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Of course, we have to start with your Disney creds. I mean, I know you are like a, a everything Disney person. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background with Disney and, of course, Disney Cruise Line specifically? So I, I live in California, born and raised Northern California. So even though Disneyland was closer, growing up, we always went to Disney World almost every year. So probably went 10 times growing up and a lot of fond memories staying at the Contemporary And then really just carried that love of Disney through to adulthood. I remember studying for, you know, exams in college and listening to Disney music in the background and, and then ended up moving down to LA, I'd say sort of in the mid 2000s for business school, and then promptly got an annual pass at Disneyland and have pretty much always had an annual pass with the exception of the interruption due to COVID. So, mm-hmm. you know, my husband and I met and we, you know, he actually proposed to me at Disneyland. So it was just like a really special place. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's whole That's the best. Whole long story. But he sent me on a treasure hunt and we had friends <laughs> kind of planted in the park and he proposed to me at that, you know, where the, where they now do the kind of like Beauty and the Beast and like where they used to have a dance floor there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anyway, so, so a lot of fond memories from that. And we honeymooned at Disney World. And then on our first anniversary, we took our first Disney cruise. It was the Seven Night Eastern on the Magic at the oh, time. Oh, wow. That was back in 2007. So absolutely loved it. And then we had a really long gap before we did our next uh, DCL uh, trip. And I think that was mainly just due to budget and, you know, life got busy and yeah. still doing Disneyland. We became DVC members in 2010, buying a resale contract. And so we were still doing Disney World pretty regularly. But then we did our next Disney cruise. I think it was the fantasy with our two young kids at that time. They were like four and one or five and two or something. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty much since then, I think we we kind of have been going back really regularly. So the cruise we just went on was my 11th Disney cruise. And um, yeah, welcome to Platinum. That was your first Platinum cruise. That's yeah. right. That's right. So that's a little bit of the, the background, I think. That's awesome. And you have sailed on some other cruise lines. Is that right? Yes, yes. We have done we have done Royal Caribbean. We've done three, no, four cruises on Royal with a fifth one upcoming. And then we've done three on Carnival. And when I was growing up, we also did, my family and I, I think went on premier cruise lines back when they were partnered with Disney. And I don't remember anything about it, sadly, because I was kind of young. But but yeah, that was one cruise we did on premier cruise lines, kind of pre-DCL. So when I totaled it all up earlier, I think it was 19 cruises in total between all of them. So wow. That's awesome. Now tell us about your sailing party. Who is typically sailing with you on these fabulous cruises, both Disney and non-Disney? <laughs> so, so generally, it's my immediate family. So this cruise, it was my husband, Greg, and then my two kids, Audrey and Ethan. So Audrey's 11, Ethan is nine. Awesome. Your husband has a gluten allergy. Is that right? Yes. Yes. He has a gluten allergy. So that is always a consideration when we're traveling, just finding things that he can eat. Yeah. Well, and over in Europe, I, I don't know if that's harder, but maybe we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to talk about that as we get into the show. Now, we know you did the 11-night itinerary in the Med. Tell us where that starts from and where it ends. So the 11-night leaves from Civita Vecchia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, which is the port near Rome. And then it stops by Messina, which is Sicily, and then Piraeus, which is Athens, Santorini, Mykonos, Naples, Livorno, which is where you can go to Florence, Pisa, or in our case, we did the Cinque Terre. And then Toulon, France is the last stop before it ends in Barcelona. So it is a one way from Rome to Barcelona. That's a lot of ports. I mean, I just like counted on my fingers and that was like, that's like, I don't know, seven or eight ports in, in, <laughs> in 11, 11 nights. I, I, I lost count at one point. I'm not even counting like your start and your, your finish. I feel like that was, yeah, I think it was seven or eight ports. I don't know. Yeah, so, seven ports and three sea days. Yeah, that's a lot of ports. I mean, because even on like a seven night itinerary, you're usually only going to three ports, maybe four ports, right? So Mm-hmm. Yeah. Port heavy. So you're coming from California and you've got to get to essentially Rome or the airport in Rome for the start of your cruise. How did you get there? And did you take any detours before going to Rome? We decided to come in a few days before and actually tack on four days in Paris prior to coming to Rome for a couple of days. We, I don't know if I, I think I'd share this with you. We were supposed to be on the 12 night sailing last year and we did Venice, then Rome caught COVID in Rome and ended up quarantining in Rome for oh, like wow. days and then finishing up in Barcelona. So we basically missed our cruise last year. And so and when I tearfully called them, telling them we had to reschedule, I told them to just book us on the same one for the following year. So this was essentially our redo. But since we had already done Venice, we thought we would do Paris instead. So so we flew into Paris. We actually had a stopover through Calgary and the first flight was delayed. So we nearly missed the second flight, but oh. kind of arrived just as they were boarding. And yeah, and then we landed in Paris. And, you know, my son did not sleep at all during that entire oh. So he was very wired and very cranky by the time we landed. But yeah, we, we arrived to our hotel and 
we actually stayed at an apartment type of hotel that had an in-unit washer dryer, which for us, when you're traveling for that long, it's it's really essential to get to do some laundry. <laughs> so, hey, Len, I'm curious if you have any tips for folks with special needs kiddos and traveling those kinds of distance. We get a lot of feedback on our shows where we you know, talk about some of these tips for the you know kids with special needs. And so I'm just curious, do you have any tips? I'm also selfishly curious because we're traveling with Nathan to Munich <laughs> Christmas time. And so, yeah, any tips you found that's been especially helpful for those longer trips? I was very, very nervous going into this trip. We've never taken a trip this long and having ports and needing to be places on time. And it's very, very challenging with special needs kids. Our daughter also has autism and ADHD. And so kind of getting her to mobilize and just get ready in the morning in general, always really challenging. So one of the things that we did was we've just put together kind of like a little rewards system for her. So I had these like little tiny gifts wrapped up 20 of them for every day of the trip. So whenever she was mobilized and ready in the morning, she could open a small gift. And then we also had a very complicated sort of check marks and X's system for her to earn money to spend on candy and souvenirs on the trip. She's very motivated by candy. So I guess I would say, you know, big piece of advice would be what is it that really motivates your kid? And maybe, you know, and then thinking about what will entertain them on a long flight. So both of our kids are content with the iPad, but we sort of maybe gave them a little less access those few days leading to the trip. And also one thing that my daughter really enjoyed was this little handheld electronic game. It was like $25 from Amazon, operated on batteries only, so you didn't need Wi-Fi. She could play that if she was just ever bored or you know at a dinner and anxious if the food was delayed. So that was something we used with her. So That's brilliant. Uh, the gifts and the candy, I think are brilliant. <laughs> And what about adjusting to time zones? You said your son didn't sleep very well on the plane. How'd they do adjusting to those those time zones? It, it was difficult. You know, so going from California all the way to Europe, it's essentially a red eye on the way over. And so I believe when we landed, it was maybe around three o'clock in the afternoon, which I think is actually ideal if you're heading to Europe, because then you really just have to force everyone to stay awake for you know, maybe six hours before you can go to bed at sort of a reasonable time. So I've also landed in the past at 11 a.m. And that's a lot tougher because you've got like really a whole day ahead to try to stay awake. So I'd say just force yourself to stay awake when you arrive, even though your your body's going to feel like sleeping. So that's what we did with the kids. And I actually think they they did quite well adjusting to the new time and tried to follow the schedule and, and not allow people to sleep when we yeah. felt like sleeping. The other question I had for you is, how'd you land on the 11 night cruise? Like what, what piqued your interest there? Was it just yeah. really wanted to go on a longer cruise, the itinerary? Yeah. What, what piqued your interest about the 11 night sailing? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it was actually just me wanting a good deal. We were supposed to be on the DVC sailing for the wish and the sailing right after. But when it got pushed out, we had the option to either kind of rebook those new sailings or as, as you may recall, Disney gave us a 50% off to be used on any sailing. And so, mm -hmm. so I thought really to get the bang, most bang for our buck, you know, why don't we just book the most expensive, longest sailing that Disney offers Absolutely. and get 50% off of that rather than use it for three or four nights. So that's what we did. It was, and I was always intrigued by these European cruises, but you know, the cost is high. So, so for us to get the 50% off was really huge. And so. So yeah, that was really probably what prompted it. We would have done it eventually, maybe, but but that's what made us take the leap. So let's talk about you. You get to 
Rome and you get to I'm going to I'm going to butcher the name because you actually said it, I think, correctly. But did I? I don't even. I think you did. But I'm going to say Trinitavecchia, but whatever that port is that everybody knows near Rome. How did you get to the port? And let's talk about, you know, that first day on the ship. But yeah, first, how did you get to the port? The hotel we were staying at actually had a option to, you know, where you could book a car through them. So and, and our ho- hotel was on um, was really close to the Trevi Fountain on this very tiny street, which didn't look like vehicles really went there very often. So we chose to take advantage of um, them booking a car for us. And so, yeah, so the car showed up and it was very comfortable. And so all our luggage fit. It was one of those extra large vans. And yeah, and it was about an hour and a half drive to the port. So we arrived to the port and it was just a mess of people outside. I don't know if you've heard from others, mm-hmm. but it seemed pretty disorganized compared to what i am been used to from other uh, ports DCL sells from. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just very confusing. It was just a ton of people. And we were, we actually arrived a little after our uh, port arrival time. And so, you know, so after, you know, standing still and not knowing where to go, we, we kind of eventually moved left and kind of found the lane we were supposed to go through. And, and in the meantime, we had all our luggage with us. So they didn't have anybody outside to actually take your luggage. So you had to kind of traipse it all with you to get into the building. Once we got in, then the, then there were folks to take your luggage. Um, can't remember if we had to go through the security first before they took our luggage. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit of a blur, but yeah, but the port felt very disorganized compared to what we're used to. Yeah. Interesting. How long did it take before you got on board then? Once we got inside, it wasn't too bad. I want to say maybe, maybe 30 minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. It, it, I felt much more smooth once we got in the door. And I think it's also a good, good advice to not show up before your port arrival time because there were Mm. tons of people waiting outside. And I think they were really, exactly. There was some shade, but not a ton. So, oh yeah, summertime in Italy, summertime in the Med in general. That's yeah, if that's hot. You're going to be waiting outside. No fun. No fun. Exactly. So, so don't don't arrive early. Just show up, you know, a little late, and then you can go right in. Let's talk about you know getting on the ship. Obviously, you all have been on the well. You've been on multiple Disney cruises. Had you been on the Dream before? Yes, we'd been on the Dream. I think two other times for short Bahamas cruises. So mm-hmm. never a long one like this. Yeah. And did you get to enter at the into the atrium or did you they have you enter at on some other level? Yeah, no, we entered right into the atrium. You know, they they called our family's name. And so it was just all very familiar. And it, that's just the most amazing feeling, you know, when you walk in and you know, you're like, oh, they, our cruise has started. And and then the Disney cruise ship smell, which, you know, I <laughs> love. And I don't know what it is exactly, but it's it's same. like the same ever on each ship. And it's yeah, very familiar. And the wish apparently has a slightly different scent, but oh. you're right. They do have it has a particular smell and you walk on and you're like, I'm on a Disney ship. I love that. Do you guys have any first day of the cruise traditions? I mean, some people have, you know, I got to go right to Cabana's or I got to go right on the aqueduct or what are your sort of embarkation day traditions? Yeah. So the first thing I did was to go and try to put our name on the wait list for Palo Brunch. So mm-hmm. we didn't, we weren't able to get Palo Brunch. So they said you know, they were completely booked, but they could call us if something freed up. So nothing did, by the way, but we no. went through that first. And then, yeah, and then it was actually already 1.20 when we got, by the time we got onto the ship. And so we went straight to the room 
because the room was going to be ready in about 10 minutes. And so we just kind of stood there in the hallway and and then kind of got in the room, dropped off some of our things. And we we are a family that usually does go up to cabanas just because it's quick. And usually by then we're pretty hungry. So but yeah, so we hopped up and I, yeah, it, and it was, it was, it was great. I mean, I always have the Oreo cheesecake. Um, yes, that's the best cheesecake ever. It's <laughs> really good. And then I, I also like their Chinese noodles that, and I realized they do so oh, yeah. for days, but you know, mm-hmm. I think I had that. And, and then we, you just kind of walked the deck, got some soft serve. And then, you know, we went to the room briefly before the mustard drill. So, cause we, we were on a little bit later than, you know, we might typically try to be on. But yeah. And then, you know, we've been to so many sailway parties. It tends to be a little bit loud for my mm-hmm. kids. And so my husband and kids, you know, they just they just kind of hung out in the room. We had a veranda. So um, oh, nice. they were just relaxing there. And I went by myself <laughs> to the sailway. And, and it, Love was, that. it was great. You said you had a veranda. Did you do the regular family veranda, the deluxe family veranda? Do you have a particular room category that you all really like to sail in? If I look at our 11 cruises, we I actually really love the ocean view with the huge porthole. Like that's actually my personal oh, favorite. Yeah. But my husband strongly prefers the veranda. Like he likes to go out there, just sit. He likes to take photos and just have a little bit of space. And uh, so we've done probably half the time we do a veranda and we've also done a fair number of inside rooms. We've only done the ocean view one time. It's so weird. I was, I thought we had done it more times. We did it on Alaska, but you know, no other, no other time. So yeah. So we try to do veranda if the cost difference isn't too big compared to the other rooms. No, that's a, a great tip. We we love that Ocean View stateroom as the Ocean View staterooms with the large portholes as well. We love a veranda. We have not sailed inside. I'm not opposed to sailing inside. I just I think I'll have a preference for having some sunlight view. But I, I think we've got to talk about the ports and, and focus on the ports for this yeah. cruise because obviously it's a port heavy itinerary. You know, you of course are seasoned Disney cruisers. So you're the star, of course, when you're in Europe is the port. So you start off going to Messina. Is that on the very next day or did you have a sea day in between? That was the very next day. So yes, we docked at Messina and we did book an excursion through Disney. We did the Tower Mina on your own excursion. Mm -hmm. And so basically... You know, you meet in the Walt Disney Theater, you know, right after breakfast, rode a bus for about an hour to Taormina. And then we were essentially on our own for four hours or so, which was actually really suited our family great. You know, one of my overarching learnings from this trip is just my kids do much better when we have some free time on our own to explore. And when we're not sort of stuck with a big group having to do a really slow moving walking tour, listening to the tour guide telling us stuff. My kids don't have a ton of patience for that. So so just getting dropped off and being able to look around on our own was great. The town was just absolutely adorable. I mean, you know, I took so many pictures. They all looked like postcards. And and it was, you know, there were a lot of little shops and, you know, restaurants. And we walked around just kind of browsing. And then, you know, we just kind of ducked into a restaurant and had lunch. And, and it was pretty hot day. So, you know, even, you know, Greg and the kids kind of just hung out there. And at one point when I was done eating and they were just continuing to eat, I I kind of walked off on my own for maybe 30 minutes and came back, but it was really nice. It was very relaxing. And then we met up with our group and they drove us back. So 
that, that was pretty much the extent of it. So, so the excursion is then mostly really you're booking the transportation. Is that kind of the best way of describing it? Exactly. We're just basically booking the transformi- transportation there because, you know, it's Taramina on your own. Mm-hmm. So the on your own is just, you know, you just do whatever you want for, you know, for the number of hours that you're there and then meet up with the group and then and then take the bus back. Yeah. So now you're, these ports are, obviously, you've got a few ports in Italy, then you've got a few ports in Greece, and then back mm-hmm. to Italy, and and then France, and you end in Spain. I'm curious, with your husband's gluten allergy, if this was easier, more difficult than, let's say, in the United States. You know, I was really surprised by this. And we learned this last year when we were, <laughs> when we had COVID and, right. and Rome and there for a long time. But Europe is actually fantastic if you have a gluten allergy. There's just more more availability in terms of gluten-free pastas. And even walking around Rome, there were several places advertising that they had gluten-free options. We found out about this place in Rome called Pizza at Trevi mm-hmm. and uh, that had gluten-free pizza. And it was, my, my husband said it was the best that oh, he's wow. ever had. And, and we did, when we were in Paris, we did a private tuk-tuk tour and we, which was nice because they can customize it for you. And he took my husband to a bakery that was all gluten-free. So wow. he was able to get gluten-free cro- croissant, pan au chocolat oh and, God. you know, bag- baguette sandwiches. Like, and it, and he, he was again, like just over the moon by how amazing it was. And so, so I would say they were, it, it was, he, he had no issues at all. And the food was better. Than yeah. what you could find in terms of gluten free options. That's so, awesome. Right, right. I love that. I'm curious. I, I don't know if you said, was the port in Messina, was that a tender or a dock? Were you docked? It was a dock. Yeah. Okay. Folks always like to know that if they're going to have to wait for a ship to get a ship. Yes, yes. We did have a tender later at Santorini, but, but yes. <laughs> But I think the, I think all of the other ones were were docked. Oh, Santorini, you have a tender, and then you also have that darn funicular thing, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness, that's yeah. kind it's, of a it's it's a process. It's a process <laughs> yeah. for sure. Well, before we get there, you've got Piraeus, which is the close port to Athens. What did you guys get up to in Piraeus or Athens, and and did you do an excursion? Yes. We, we did an excursion, not through Disney. We booked, we, we had, um, been on this Facebook group from last year and then, and then also this year as well. And we kept hearing about PK tours that, that company kept popping up as one that was recommended mm. for either private tours or semi private tours. So we booked a semi private half day tour. You could do half day or full day. And again, if it were just me and my husband, we might have gone the full day, but with the kids, we, we thought half day is probably going to be a better bet for them. And Athens was probably the port I was the most nervous about because reading the itinerary, it looked, it just looked like a lot of stops and a lot of places mm. we were going to, even in a half day. So, so I think half day was the right call and a smaller group. It was just us and two other families. And so it was about 12 people in total, which felt very manageable and a lot easier to keep up with than when you've got, you know, 50 people or 40, 50 people through Disney. So, so, you know, it was a 5.30 a.m. wake up because I had to give it's lot free yeah. time, get dressed and ready. I, um, I love your comment earlier in the oh show about, God. you know, oh, my kids don't do well with the tour guide. I was like, I don't do well with the tour guide. And 5.30 in the morning, oh, man, Sam would, Sam would be brutal uh, for me with 5.30 in the morning. I would just be so out of it. <laughs> it but yeah. So brutal. I mean, so we were supposed to meet our tour 
at 7.30 a.m. off the ship, so outside of the port. So we, you know, we wanted to make sure we could have time to get up, get ready, and then grab a bite to eat at Cabanas before we went out. And so, um, and other families might not need a two-hour lead time. We do. <laughs> so that was just uh, something we had to do to, to just make it on time. And uh, yeah, so, so we met up with them and then, you know, got into sort of a smallish, you know, smallish bus slash van. We, we first went to the Acropolis. We drove 30 minutes in, got to the Acropolis at around 8.30 a.m. or so. And it was already a really long line and it was, it was hot, but it was really not as hot as it could have been. I was expecting 90s, but I would say it was probably in the mid 80s. So really mm. can't complain compared to people who had to go a week after us and it was already 100. But my daughter was already starting to complain as we made our way <laughs> through the line. And at one point, she refused to keep walking. She And then she just sort of like laid down on the pavement. I said, oh, no. And and she was just, she she said she felt dizzy. And so, and, you know, it was just clear that she was not going to be seeing this. She was not going to see the Acropolis. Oh, and poor thing. I know. So we don't know if she was a little dehydrated, yeah. but, you know, my husband stayed back with her, got her some liquids. And then my son and I continued and 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 just just a little background on my son too, because he normally when we go to the parks, we always have a stroller. We always do the red stroller wheelchair mm-hmm. tag for him, just so he has a safe place to retreat. But Europe is not stroller friendly at all. So we brought an umbrella stroller, but we did not use it except for at the airport. So that would just be something families for families to keep in mind. It's ve- the streets have a lot of cobblestone. Yeah. It's just not very stroller friendly. Mm-hmm. So did you can I ask on that point, did you do anything yeah. to prep the kids for it's a lot of walking in Europe? And I've been thinking about, you know, we're getting ready to head over, as I mentioned earlier, in December to Europe. And, you know, thankfully, you know, Nathan walks the parks a lot. So I feel yeah. like he's got a good base foundation to be able to walk. But did you did you do anything like family walks or anything like that to try and build up the little legs before they, they got to Europe? No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, so Audrey, you know, she's used to walking the parks. You know, she's so, so we we thought that would be fine. And actually with him, you know, he, he once took a walk with me to, you know, one of my morning walks, which is maybe a mile and a half round trip. Yeah. So he, he did that with me once because my husband was away and, you know, I couldn't just leave him by himself. So he just with me on my morning walk. So he's done that a few times. He, he just, you know, kind of rose to the occasion, I guess. And good for him. We got one of those wrist leashes, which we definitely got a lot of stares from people. But honestly, it was worth it for Mm -hmm. him to not be eloping and running off because that's a risk for him. So he just had this wrist leash and it was attached to, you know, my, you know, backpack and it was just always attached to one of us. And so that, that just gave some assurance. But uh, the Acropolis is, is, a, is a bit of walking because you're hiking up and you're going around and looking at everything and then coming back down. And But he did really well. He was a total trooper. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but it was definitely a bummer that my husband and son, my husband and daughter missed that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he was, that was definitely a bummer. And I think by the time we went back down and she was still seeming a little bit faint, but she was able to kind of muster up enough energy to get back onto the bus. And, yeah. and I think the rest of the day was a little bit, a little bit more chill. Hey, Lynn, I'm curious as you've picked some of these shore excursions with, you know, again, going back to the sort of special needs kids side of things, how did you evaluate the excursions before? I think so work with my kids. That will not work with my kids. Great, great question. So I highly, highly recommend joining the cruise Facebook group. That was where I got a lot of my information. And mm-hmm. so there's there's one general 
Disney Cruise Line Facebook group for Mediterranean and European cruises just in general. So for people mm. across the board. And then there was one specific to our sailing. So, and I also learned a lot from our group from last year's sailing, the one that we didn't get to go on. And oh, so yeah. I just hear people reporting back as they, you know, went on these different excursions and what they liked, didn't like. So I think it was really just doing a lot of that research and just kind of making a judgment call at the end of the day on what was yeah. going to work. And then also really trying to be mindful to not do, you know, seven days of 10 hour excursions, right? (laughs) Right. Which I think we would all be dead by the end of the... (laughs) Or or you would hate each other. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, again, there'd be no difference between me and a special needs child at that point because I would hate doing that myself. So, yeah. (laughs) And and what's nice with the Disney excursions is it tells you exactly how much time you're going to be away. And when they say five hours, that's including the transport time. So mm-hmm. if you're meeting at 8 a.m. and it's five hours, you, you can be pretty assured you'll be back on the ship around one o'clock or so. So that that was very helpful. And I, I would definitely recommend the Facebook groups, though. That was probably our biggest source of information. Now, your next uh, port, if I'm if I'm not screwing this up, your next port was Santorini, which yep. is, as you mentioned, a tender port. And as I mentioned, a funicula in addition to the tender, why don't you tell tell our listeners what I'm talking about with that? So Santorini is is really interesting because in, I think most of the tours. So first of all, you have to you tender when to, to get off the ship, and so you, that means you take a small boat to the land. And we actually did book a Disney excursion, so I'm not sure if you were to go on your own. I would imagine you would then need to figure out a way to get into the town of Fira from there. And I believe your options are cable car or I don't know if the donkeys go up. I know going down, you can take a cable car down and take um, a donkey down or you can or you can walk, which is probably about a 30 minute walk from what we heard from different people. So mm-hmm. so you just need to make sure you budget enough time uh, coming back uh, that you're not cutting it too close to your you know, all aboard time because there usually is a very quite a long line for the cable car, which is the option that we chose. And yeah, and it was probably, uh, I want to say maybe 45 minutes to an hour wait, something like that. The good news is there's a lot of shops around, so you can kind of take turns waiting in line and looking around a little bit. So it really wasn't too bad. But there are people who chose to take the walk down. Just be aware of the donkey poop on the way down. We did <laughs> from a few folks. So I think if you have kids, I probably would not recommend walking down. So I think cable car is probably your best option. Now, tell us what you what you all booked in Santorini and, and did you book it through Disney? Yes, we did book a Disney shore excursion just mainly because I was a little nervous about how if we were to book something external, how would we yeah. even meet up with that group? So we did book Disney just for the ease. Gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was something it was that included like it was called Greek Fiesta was in the name of it. But Essentially, the tour stopped at a winery where we got to have some snacks. And then it took us to the town of Ia, which is O-I-A. It's pronounced Ia, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, for some free time there. And then then it takes you to Fira, where you have also free time. And then you can come back to the ship at your leisure at, once you get to Fira. And they gave us some ticket. Our tour came with some tickets for the cable car. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you have to buy those tickets separately. So... So we booked it through Disney. And, you know, I think that there were some major delays in, I don't know if Fleet got into the port a little bit late, but I believe our short excursion was scheduled for an 1130 meeting time at the Walt Disney Theater. And so we arrived there 
it was another hour long plus wait before we were actually oh, wow. able to leave the theater to, you know, actually get off the ship. And so, so it was delayed. And that was the only, only port where I remembered that happening. So mm-hmm. it's just something, just something to be aware of. I think Santorini is just probably one of the more difficult ports to get to. And they only have so many tender boats. So there was, I think they just got a little bit backlogged. Would you like a chance to sail with the DCL Duo? Well, we have an opportunity for you. That's right. Next June is going to be our first ever inaugural DCL Duo podcast cruise. And we have a fun lineup of stuff on its way for that sailing. We're going to be on the magic for a three-night Bahamian sailing out of Fort Lauderdale on June 19th next year, 2024, with a stop at Lighthouse Point, one of the first sailings to go to Lighthouse Point. We are so excited to welcome all of you you, our listeners and fans out there to join us on this sailing. We've got some special things we want to do, including potentially an onboard recording of the podcast, which will just be so much fun. If you are interested in sailing with us, we would love to meet you. We always love to meet and interact with our listeners. So if you're interested, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. That's mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. Let them know you're interested in this sailing. We have a room block reserved, which means you've got opening day pricing locked in for some of our remaining rooms. So head over there, check it out. We'd love to see you on board with that. Thanks to My Path Unwinding Travel for sponsoring the show. And now back to the episode. It's funny, you as you're describing the excursion, our friends that we were just talking to, and again, just recorded a show with that'll come out, you know, a week or two before this show. So it'll just, when this airs, it'll have just come out. And so it's interesting because they, I think, were booked on the exact same excursion as you, you know, a couple of weeks before your sailing, but their stairs got canceled. So they never actually got to do this excursion. So I'd love to hear what you thought about the excursion. It sounds like it would be quite a fun one. Actually, you know what? Now that you're mentioning this, I think our original one did get canceled and I had to book this one instead. Oh, interesting. I, I just don't remember the name of the second one we booked because as I'm talking, I was like, yeah, no, there wasn't really, I think there was supposed to be Greek dancing in the original excursion mm. and this did not have it. And so I, th- I think we ended up booking this one. It's maybe called Ea Winery and... Fira or some something to that effect. And but yeah, you're right. That first I, I, I totally forgot about that. That first excursion was canceled. So we had to, you know, go to the port excursion desk and just see what what our options were. And we booked this one instead. So I had completely forgotten that. So oh, interesting. That. How was this excursion? I would say it was it was great. Like, because again, we did a few stops, but it was mostly you know, you had sort of free time at each of the mm-hmm. stops, which again, worked really well for our families. I will say one thing that my daughter just absolutely loved about about Greece was the cat. There are cats <laughs> everywhere. She's like a big cat person. So <laughs> that, was some, that was so fun for her that at each of the stops, you know, she, you know they, were, they had just a, a lot of cats everywhere. So that was like <laughs> really fun. <laughs> so, but I loved Ia, like it was, you know, it, it's that's that stereotypical Instagram picture, right? Where you see <laughs> the white buildings with the blue roofs. Yes. It was just beautiful. And, uh, you know, so quaint, so cute. Kind of reminded me of Laguna Beach. If you've mm. been you know, it, kind of to Laguna Beach. Mm-hmm. Just really, really, really cute. And a lot of little shops. And yeah, so it, w- it was enjoyable. I, again, like I wish we would have had maybe a little bit more time. I think we had an hour or so there. And then 
but, but it was great. I mean, Santorini was probably one of my favorite stops that we went, that we ported at. So really liked it a lot. All right. Well, your next stop was also in the Greek islands in beautiful island of Mykonos. What did you think of Mykonos? Yeah, Mykonos. Uh, we, we liked Mykonos a lot as well. We also did another Disney excursion. Um, we booked the Mykonos Highlights and Anomera Monastery excursion <laughs> through Disney. That so was meeting our group at nine, which is a little easier than the seventh days <laughs> prior. And you docked, right? No tender exactly. there. No tender. Oh, yeah. We docked and and then we got on a big bus and first went to this, you know, little rest stop where we could take some photos with a nice view. Then they took us to the monastery and, and, and that was actually much more low key than I thought it would be, which was good. It was mm-hmm. a, Hey, you can explore it at your own pace. And so we just took a quick peek and it was not one of those like guided tours where they stop and tell you a lot of stuff along the way. And then they fed us some snacks, which was nice. And we also saw, again, five or six cats. More cats. <laughs> yep, which you know, water love. And then, th- then we were dropped off near the port. And okay, so here was where we had to ditch our group. Because mm. at that point, when we got to that sort of port area where there's, that was, they said, you know, there was going to be a one hour long walking tour. And daughter may have said <laughs> in a very loud voice, Mom, no walking tour. <laughs> really loud. <laughs> and I and just and I just kind of thought, you know, I don't think this is going to happen for us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kindly let our tour guide, you know, I kindly thanked our tour guide and said, yeah, we're just going to go off on our own. So 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 we diverged from the group at that point, found a place, got some gelato. There's gelato yes. in Greece, apparently as well. And then just, you know, kind of leisurely strolled and kind of looked at the little shops along the way. And then there's actually a boat you take. I, I, I think Mykonos, there's a new port and an old port. And so, so depending, so I think the ship might have been docked at, I forget it was whether it was old or new, but it was the one that was away from the main town. So to get mm-hmm. back to the port, the port where the ship was docked, you had to take a boat. So and that was actually included in our excursion cost. So we just, mm-hmm. so we, so we did that. And, and then I think we got back on board in the early afternoon. So it was also, this one was also a half day. So you didn't have to then meet back up with the group. You just, that you already had like the tickets for that boat or did you have to meet back up with the group to get back on the boat? No, we didn't have to meet back up with the group. We were, yeah, we were just on our own by that point. So yeah. That's nice. That's helpful. Just, I mean, not that you, I mean, some people might want to go back with the tour group, but of course, then you are at the mercy of wherever they're meeting and waiting for them and all of that. And and that's not always, I mean, to your, your point about, you know, what your kids are able to do and withstand as far as their patience. I mean, you know, it, I think it's good to sort of know your family and know what they're going to be able to do and, and stand for that long. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and, and that was also a really good, good time because when we got back, I think we went swimming that afternoon and did the aqueduct and, and oh, the nice. pool was a lot less crowded as well. Right. So that was, that was really nice. Speaking yeah. of that, how was the, the weather? Of course, this is summertime in Europe, but you know, did you have nice weather for most of it? And of course, it's hot, but how hot are we talking? We were very, very lucky with the weather. I would say it was probably, it, it, I mean, it was definitely hot, um, but it was maybe mid 80s on most days in a lot of mm-hmm. the places we went. So hot, but bearable. Um, I will say compared to our cruise or the time we were in Europe the prior year, which was maybe a couple weeks later, 
I felt like it was a lot hotter at that time of year, uh, kind of in that mid, mid July, early to mid July time versus this time. I feel like we really lucked out with the weather. So we were awesome. We were fortunate. Awesome. Okay. Well, your next port was, of, is of course famous for its pizza. Mm-hmm. So I got to know, what did you guys get up to in Naples? Did you book a Disney excursion? And of course, I must know, did you eat pizza, whether <laughs> gluten free or not in Naples? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. You have to, right? When you're in Naples, yes. you have to eat pizza. Very, yeah, that's a must do. We actually booked a private driver in Naples. Oh. So we did not go through Disney. And it was in this one, I was a little nervous about whether, you know, this was the person was going to show up and stuff because they Mm -hmm. they took no deposit from us. We found out about this Mr. Taxi Cab. It's something like that. It's how he's listed on on Facebook. And so you literally just message him through Facebook. I found out about him through somebody had posted and said that Naples was probably their favorite port day and that this company was fantastic. So so essentially sent them a message and they emailed us a bunch of options, but we basically got a private driver for the day for, I, I think, a really reasonable rate. I think they charged 400 euros for the day. Oh, wow. And we that's had really, a wow. eight hours. That's yeah. great for, for a family of four. That's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. So I think it actually worked out cheaper than if we had booked something through Disney. And so, yeah, so, but, you know, we were... We needed to meet him early <laughs> off the ship. So another sort of early morning, 6 a.m. wake up. And but yeah, our driver was was great. You know, he had a private Mercedes black van <laughs> waiting for us. And so I opted for uh, for us to stop by a number of cities on the Amalfi Coast. Last year when we were in Europe, I had once I was so I got COVID first and then passed it to the rest of the family. But once I was past my quarantine window, I booked a one day Pompeii Positano tour and did that solo last year. So, so, and I knew Pompeii was just not going to be something the kids were going to be interested in. So we just, we opted to skip that. And we just decided to do, he drove us for, he drove us to basically Ravello, Amalfi and Sorrento were the three cities that we visited. I will say the, it was a wonderful day. I will say the, the road was very, very windy. So if you're prone to car sickness at all, like really important to take, I don't know, some kind of Dramamine or some kind of medication just to be, just be aware of that. It's a really windy road. But the nice thing was at one point, I think, I think it was my son who was actually feeling a little car sick. We, we just pulled off the side of the road, you know, all got out, stretched our legs, got a little bit of fresh air. And that's one of the nice things when you are on a private tour you can c- completely just customize it to your family's needs. And so, so in the three towns were just wonderful. Ravello was the first one. It was really cute and a lot and not a very touristy town. Like, you know, you could see it was pretty relaxed. And, and so we stopped there for maybe, you know, 45 minutes or so. And our driver was not guiding us and taking us on a tour. He, he basically told us a few things, especially along the way. But then once we got to the towns, kind of gave us some time to explore on our own. And so after we, we spent about 45 minutes there, then we went to Amalfi where we had about an hour and Amalfi is a bit more popular. So more people, but you know, we got gelato and walked around a little bit. After that, we drove through Positano, but did not stop. Positano is very, very busy and very hard to park as well. We stopped for maybe just a quick scenic picture with the Amalfi coast in the background and then went to Sorrento for a couple of hours. And, and he recommended this restaurant called Tess. And 
you know, it was interesting. There were a lot of people there that it seemed like they were all American. So I, I wonder maybe in retrospect, if it was perhaps a little bit of a tourist trap or if they give a kickback, I don't know, but you know, <laughs> that's what I was guessing. Conjecturing as, yeah. And I would too, when we had pizza, but, and I would say it was okay, but not amazing. Um, oh, I know. So that's a little disappointing, right? You're in Naples and, you know, you want to eat amazing, um, amazing pizza, but and it was okay. I, I would say it was okay, but definitely not as good as the pizza we had in Rome and other places. So, and they also charged a, they have a coperto, which is a cover charge per person, which was not advertised when we walked really? in. Yeah. So, so the, I think it was $4 a person just to, just to be there and just to sit. What? Or four euros. If yeah. you're, what if you're, or, if you're, even if you're ordering food, I mean, I understand if they have somebody who's sitting food. and not eating, but. Yeah. Even if you're ordering food and, and the food was fairly reasonably priced. I think the pizza was like 10 euros and, mm. you know, so, so, but then you add the cover charge and then of course you have to buy water whenever you're in Europe. You don't really do the just tap water thing. Like you have to buy, you pretty much end up buying still water, you know, for the table. So, you know, so it was okay. It was okay. And then, and then we just walked around after that and then met up with our driver and, and uh, yeah, got back on the ship at around 4.30 in the afternoon. So it was a pretty cool day. And if you asked my daughter, she would tell you that the Naples day was her favorite. She, again, actually, oh. even though we were in Italy, we, again, saw a lot of cats and all this stuff. So. <laughs> and so she's, she's really excited about that. And yeah, and, but, but it was, it was a great day. All right. Well, We've got to talk. We've got two more ports. I can't believe this is like the end of a seven day cruise, right? Like if you had been on a seven day cruise, it would have ended. It probably would have ended after Mykonos, but then you had Naples. So yeah. now you, you go to Livorno. So back in, you know, or again in Italy, it's kind of fun how you get to go back and forth between Italy and Greece because they are so close. But tell us, tell us about Livorno. Yeah. So Livorno, most people go to Florence and maybe mm -hmm. pizza. That's the most popular. And, you know, we did book an excursion through Disney. My husband and I really wanted to see the Cinque Terre. Like that mm -hmm. was the bucket list, you know, looking at the photos and just how incredible it looks. And so we booked an excursion through Disney. I will mention my daughter made friends with a couple of girls from the kids club and they were just like joined at the hip, you know, kind of oh, throughout fun. the cruise. And we found out that their family was booked on this excursion and the one after in Toulon, France. And so, so it was really fun. So we met up with the family before we, you know, kind of went into the Walt Disney Theater just to ensure we were all going to be on the, same, the same, bus together. Yeah, the same bus, the same group. And I think all of the excursion options for Livorno are pretty much a long drive away mm -hmm. from the actual port. So. The Cinque Terre is 90 minutes away and then to get to La Spezia. And then from La Spezia, you then have to take a one hour boat in Florence, wow. two hours away. So, so these, yeah. these, you know, these sites are not close. So it was a one and a half hour bus ride to Livorno. They did a rest stop for bathroom and snacks along the way, which was helpful. And then at La Spezia, we then got on a, a, a smallish boat for the ride to Cinque Terre. By small, I mean, I mean, it probably fits maybe a hundred, a hundred people, you know, maybe give or take. So small, but I mean, not, not too small, but it was extremely bumpy. I would not recommend booking this excursion if, especially if you have any sort of motion sickness issues, you know, uh, my, my husband and daughter both took Gramamine because they both are prone to it. But you know, my, my son and I did not because uh, I don't tend to get motion sick and he seemed to be feeling 
pretty sick. I, I just tell from his expression, even though he couldn't verbally tell us. Um, oh, poor thing. Yeah. So it was not pleasant. And I could tell a lot of other passengers on the boat were feeling pretty queasy. I think somebody went into the restroom and threw up. And so it was not. Oh, no. Yeah. So so finally, we we got there and uh, we stopped at this town, Monterosso, which is one of the five towns. It's the town that's the furthest away. Here's where I had a had a really not very pleasant encounter with, a, you know, a public bathroom. Mm-hmm. There. And so just just for those who don't know, in Europe, you need to, if it's a public restroom, that's not, you know, not part of a coffee shop or something like that, you often need to pay to use the restroom. And usually they'll charge, you know, either 50, 50 cents or a euro, you know, to use the restroom. And so this particular one charged a euro. And so you always want to carry those euro coins. Usually a lot of these restrooms, there's a, there's a basket that you can just put your euro in. But this one was a little fancier where there was kind of like a, like a subway style. So like a turnstile. Yeah. Yes. Where you drop your coin in and then you go in and it opens it up for the one person. And so what, so I dropped one in, my daughter went in dropped another one in, the thing didn't open up. So I dropped another coin in, then it opened up. And I tried to kind of then put two people in because the first time it didn't open up. Mm -hmm. And then anyway, so then the person who was kind of stationed there, you know, got all upset and thought we were trying to get more people in without paying the full fare. And I, and again, there's language barrier, you know, I'm trying to explain to her, no, 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 we did pay, we did pay four euros. I'm not, I'm not here to cheat you out of your, out of your Mm -hmm. euro. But it was a it was a big, you know, it, it was it was very unpleasant. Finally, she kind of let us go, but it was very, re- really weird. So I would just, you know, just kind of caution, you know, if there is somebody stationed there, make sure that they see you put the coin in just so there's no mm-hmm. there, there's no question about whether you did or not. So but yeah, that was that was that was kind of not not so pleasant. But but then, you know, we then, you know, with this other family, we were walking around and we found a place to have lunch and we just randomly chose a place. And I think we really lucked out because I think this was probably my favorite meal that I had the yeah. entire trip. And the Cinque Terre is really well known for their pesto. So if you mm-hmm. are a pesto fan, you have to order something pesto. In retrospect, I really wish that we had found some pesto to buy and take home with us. But I ordered their special, which was a pesto lasagna. And they had also recommended that as their special. And it was just amazing. It was so good. So yes, that was delicious. Great lunch. And then we had, it was a pretty short amount of time in that city. So we had about maybe 10 minutes to browse some more. And then we had to head back to meet our group. Then we got back on the boat. And then we were supposed to stop by another one of the towns in the Cinque Terre, but the weather or there's something happening with the water that made it unsafe for us to do that. So so they dropped us off at Porto Venere, which I found out later is not one of the five towns in the Cinque Terre. But apparently Bernasa was the original plan, but it was just maybe too bumpy to dock there. So so anyway, Porto Venere was a very short stop, only 40 minutes. So it was just enough time to just get some gelato and walk around a tiny bit. And, you know, my daughter took off her shoes and just kind of played. There was a little tiny beach area. So she just sort of waded into the water a little bit. And that was it. And then we got back on the boat, headed back to La Spezia, and then took our bus back. So, but really, it's about two and a half hours of travel each way because the boat oh, wow. itself is an hour on a really bumpy boat. And then it's, you know, an hour and a half in the bus. And so that was a long day. And yeah. we were, I think, exhausted. That sounds like a long day. That's a lot of stops. Yeah, that sounds like a long Next up, I think, is Toulon in France to wind down your cruise here. What did you get up to in Toulon? 
Yeah. So too long, we booked a excursion through Disney called the Picturesque Village of Cassis, which is C-A-S-S-I-S. And in, in it, it, was, it was great. This was, this was a shorter day, maybe four, four or five hours. And so we took a bus. And this is again with the other family. And the bus, it was a 40-minute ride to get to Cassis. And then we took a train to the actual town. So that was kind of fun. Even the little train ride, it was pretty short. But it's mm-hmm. a small harbor town. And it reminded me a lot of like Catalina. It had a little bit of that vibe. Um, I love that. Yeah. And when we were there, we, we had about an hour and a half of free time. So it wasn't super long, but, but it was enough time to just walk around, browse the little shops. They had a kind of a farmer's market going on that day. And my daughter's really into candy. So they had a, they had a candy mm-hmm. shop. And then we, again, of course, stopped by and got coffee and gelato. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of a recurrent theme um, on this trip. When in Italy, you must pizza and you must gelato. That's basically yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> and there's gelato everywhere. There's gelato in France and in Greece. Yes. Well, so and it was really cute. I, I forgot to mention the prior day that my, my daughter and the two girls, they had bought these matching cat t-shirts that they found <laughs> in our first stop at Monterosa. So here at Toulon, we found this magnet. It had you know, three little girls and it said best friends or something like that. So so each each of the families, we each bought one and it was it was good. It was it was a very relaxed day and only a half day as well. So we probably got back on the ship by you know one o'clock or so. Looking back at all these excursions as you've described them to me and to Brian and to our audience, not to exclude anyone, I'm taking from this that you would have maybe either not done the excursion in Livorno or done a different excursion in Livorno. Were there any other ones that looking back, you're like, eh, I probably would have done something else or probably wouldn't have done that excursion again? You know, I think my overarching takeaway, in, in, and I had read this as well in the Facebook groups, is private, if you can, private is definitely the way to go um, because mm. it gives you that flexibility to go at your pace, um, not get caught up in crowds in certain cases. And, you know, if your, your kid is having a meltdown, you can stop. Or if you're, or if you're car sick, you can pull over and stop, right? <laughs> so things, things like that. And so, cause I, I do think that Naples day was just a great day for that reason. Mm-hmm. I feel like with Livorno, yeah, I, I wouldn't book that tour again. I think, I think other people probably enjoyed it. And, and I heard good reviews on that tour from others who had taken it in the past. I think we just got so seasick taking mm-hmm. that little boat. So, and I definitely want to go back to the Cinque Terre someday. I, it, it may not be the easiest to do with a cruise stop, but although maybe if we were to do it just with a one day in port, I might you know, figure out a train to La Spezia. And then from there, I think you can take a train to the little towns. And so, oh. so I, that's what I had read. And so, so if you want to do Cinque Terre, I'd probably recommend doing that. We had, you know, I had booked and then canceled a private tour from Livorno where a driver takes you to not only the Cinque Terre, but also Pisa. And Mm -hmm. it was just so expensive. Like it was probably double the cost of booking this through Disney. And so we canceled it and decided to just roll the dice with the Disney excursion. So, but, you know, but I might just suck it up and do that next time. Let me think what else. We, We mainly book Disney just to get, just to have the peace of mind that we'll make it back on time and just for the ease of meeting with the group and things like that. But but I do think the private tours were great. The problem is, you know, you don't have a lot of time in a lot of these places. And so because I felt like there were places like Santorini, Ia, like I would have loved to have had more than an hour in Ia just mm-hmm. to look around and just be a little bit more leisurely and probably could have skipped 
that first stop at the winery because it was it was okay. It wasn't amazing, but but if you are you know going off on your own, you have a little bit more flexibility to cut things out or spend longer in certain places. Absolutely. So of course you you did have a few CDs, and I you know we won't get into every little detail of everything that you did on board because I'm sure that would take uh, an entire other show for us to do that, <laughs> but. Uh, but I would I'd love to know, you know, some of the highlights of, of things that you guys got up to on board or, you know, what are the kinds of things you, your kids like to do on board? You guys have been on, you know, a lot, quite a few Disney cruises. And you know, did they do the same things in Europe as they do other places or was it really any different for the time that you were on the ship? Yeah, no, the, the great thing about being on a Disney cruise in Europe is it's familiar. You know, you're mm-hmm. in a, you know, you're in these exotic countries and and there was something so nice about coming back to the familiarity of a Disney ship and knowing mm-hmm. what you expect and having sort of your, your routine. So that worked really well for my kids. Uh, they loved the pool. And, you know, my, my son went on that yellow kids water slide for the very oh, yeah. first time. He really enjoyed that Nemo reef area as well. But then he went on the, the little yellow water slide. And at one point, it was not very crowded. It was him and maybe one other kid. So the <laughs> two of them just went on it on repeat you know, over yeah. and over again. And my daughter... That sounds very familiar, by the way. <laughs> exactly. He, he's not a thrill ride person, so he will not go on the aqueduct. Mm-hmm. Be, and he doesn't like getting his face splashed. So mm-hmm. I think aqueduct is probably out for the foreseeable future. My daughter loves the aqueduct. She just loved hanging out with her friends at the pool. And, and yeah, so, so we did a lot of pool time, but I'm big on trivia. So that's... A, and I, I do it, but like my family doesn't come along with me to that. Oh, my, wow. Yeah, so I go to, I I go to as many of them as I can. I'm I'm terrible at the decades music ones, but pretty good at like the Disney ones. Oh, nice! And since I was by myself, pro tip: find someone to team up with. And yes, I, my yeah, my very first one, which was the DCL cruise trivia, I I found this couple that was just kind of by themselves, and so I was like, you guys want to team up? And they're like, sure. And then we ended up finding each other at, I actually had two teams. So I teamed up with them and I teamed up with another couple at a different one. And so depending on the trivia, if I noticed one of them was there, you know, I would join their team. Oh, um, and we won a few times, which was really fun. So wow. uh, which, which, nice. trivi- which trivias did you win? I, I love hearing, I love hearing <laughs> from winners because we don't win trivia. We're just not, <laughs> we, we do okay at like the general pub trivia type stuff. And, and we do, Okay, at some of the music trivia's um, '90s music oh, trivia, we're pretty we're pretty good at. Speak um, for yourself, Sam. I won pub trivia one time on board. Chris, Chris, and I did. Yeah, I won '90s uh, music trivia. You know, with a group. I would say in general, we're not like we're not winning. Interestingly enough, we win <laughs> Disney Cruise Line trivia, and we don't win any other Disney trivia whatsoever. We're not we're not good at Disney trivia. But yeah, <laughs> you know, what your what are your strengths and what what do you? <laughs> Yeah, so the, the the Disney Cruise Line trivia is one of my better categories. Yeah, uh, good for you. And we didn't win Disney Tunes. We came pretty close. Uh, we were maybe one of the final teams on Disney Tunes. I have won that one on past cruises before. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but with with my um, new friends I made, um, my new trivia friends, we won the Heroes Quotes one. We won, wow. um, I think we won the Toy Story trivia and we won the Ultimate Disney trivia, which which kind of shocked Ooh. me. I feel like that's a really hard yeah, that's one. That's a tough one. They're yeah. all really hard. I feel like all the ones you described are really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I will tell you, the Heroes Quotes one was really was really hard. And, and, and that one and the Ultimate Disney one, 
we only got maybe 14 or 15 right out of 25 or something. But I think the next highest group was even lower. So it was just, wow. were just really hard questions. And then the ironic thing was, even though we won Heroes Quotes, and I actually went to a different Heroes Quotes trivia later in the cruise, and it was the same question. And I couldn't remember what the <laughs> that one because I was by myself on that one and I was like I need my friends they knew the answer to this one and I just so so teamwork is really big yeah. and so yes I love playing trivia and you know and I'll go to you know I don't know some of the you know random like I love doing the ship tour the art of the theme show tour yeah. always fun oh and this was really cool because it was a longer cruise they had some special things for gold platinum and pearl members and so mm. One of them was a captain's reception where you could kind of meet a lot of the crew. And then there was another one where they did a special sort of behind the scenes look at the Beauty and the Beast stage show. And that's amazing where they showed, you know, they had the cameras showing like what was going on backstage. And and that was a really, really neat experience. So they had those two things. I did go to the spa once and booked a massage. So that was that was very nice as well. Fantastic. Are your kids, so your kids do, do they go to the kids club? Do they like the kids club? Yes, they really like the kids club. Yeah. So they both go and I'm sitting here sad because my daughter is 11, right? So she's going to have a limited amount of time where she can still go. I think once she turns 13, that's it. So no, she, she went and, and she just would go for hours and hang out with Mm -hmm. her friends. My son really liked it too. And so, you know, we could drop him off for a couple hours. He doesn't like using the restroom at the kids club. I think it's mm-hmm. maybe just he's afraid of hand dryers. And so they have no hand dryers, but I think he's worried that they might. So so usually, you know, with him, we would get a text from the kids club when he's ready to be picked up, which means he probably needs to use the restroom. So yeah. it's good for a couple hours. And, and for us, I think one of the reasons we cruise and love cruising so much is, you know, it's hard to find people who can watch our son, especially with mm-hmm. extra needs. And so, but the Disney staff is great and we, we can drop him for a couple hours and he does great and, and really enjoys it. So that's fantastic. And and he's able to somehow communicate with them. And obviously, he's, you said he's mostly nonverbal, but he is able to communicate that he wants to be picked up to the staff and they are able to sort of get the message when he goes to tell them that. I think they can tell when he needs bathroom or when. Ah, he, OK. Yeah. Or if he's like trying to it seems like he's trying to exit, then that's probably mm-hmm. fine. We have he has an iPad that has, you know, for a communication device where. He, gotcha. Yeah. So he does have that. But he actually didn't even bring it to the kids' club. So he knows a few words. So he can say some basic things like eat and, you know, whatnot. And so he, he knows a handful of words. Mm-hmm. But, but otherwise, he's, he, I think he's just pretty content to just be there. So yeah, he, he did really well. Well, your daughter does have a little bit more time at the kids' club. And then she can age out to the tween club. And, <laughs> and you can worry even more about her because there's like exactly. a lot of freedom in those in the tween club. And it's very, very different, I think, experience. We have not yet, of course, experienced it with Nathan. Okay. But, you know, we're only a little bit behind you in age. So, yeah, yeah. She, she's been to she actually enjoyed going to Edge more than the kids club. I think the we went on one sailing right after the reopening when um, things were more restricted. And in the kids club, they put you with a group of six kids and you sort right. of stick with that group. She was in a group with really small kids and just did not enjoy that experience. And so that particular cruise, she ended up going to Edge and we had to just sign a waiver. I think she was 10 at the time, mm-hmm. but we were able to sign a waiver and let her go to Edge. And we do give her check-in, check-out privileges for kids clubs so she can kind of come and go. 
it's a little bit of a leap of faith because she doesn't have her own phone or a device to text us or anything. So we just have to hope that she makes it back to the room, you know, at, at a decent time. And you no, know, but she, she did well with that. Well, that is fabulous to hear. Lynn, I think that we have gotten to that point in the show. There's so much we could cover. There's so much we could cover on this cruise. 11 night cruises don't lend themselves easily to a one hour show, but we have reached that point in our show where I need to transition us over to rapid fire or the round that I like to describe as arbitrary questions, arbitrary rules and a dash of judgment. So Sam, take it away. Thank you. All right, Lynn, you are a longtime listener, so you know the drill. I'm going to ask you some Disney favorites. I'm going to ask you some Disney Cruise Line favorites. And I don't care what anyone else in the family's favorites are. I want your favorites. Okay. All right. Tell me, Lynn, who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? So I like Duffy the Disney Bear and I like Boo from Monsters, Inc. So, Oh, my God. We're best friends now. Can we be best friends? Yeah, because I I'm obsessed with Duffy. I don't know why more people don't know Duffy. Like he's oh, he's the cutest. Well, there's an entire country of people that's obsessed with Duffy, Sam. But that's it's, true. It's not in Japan, here. they're it's yeah. In Japan, here. they're really obsessed. And in at Olani, Duffy is kind of a, a major thing. Yeah, not really in the American parks. But yeah, I'm obsessed with Duffy. Love him here. Yes, right? We have Duffy, we have Shelly Mae, and we have Olumel from Aulani. So love them all. Okay, tell me, what is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Enchanted. Ooh, that's an unusual one. I like it. All right. What's your favorite Disney song? For song, it's it's really a tie. I really love So Close from Enchanted. And I also oh, yeah. love Out There from Hunchback of Notre Dame, which I just get the chills anytime oh. I song. I love Out There. I love, love, love that pick. That is such a great song. One of the best, one of the best Disney movie songs. I thought you were going to say How Do You Know from Enchanted because that's a really fun (laughs) song. That's a good one too. I love that song too. How do you know that he loves you? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I could go on and on, but I won't. Let's let's transition to on Disney Cruise Line. What I'm really curious to know, what is your favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show? Okay, now I feel like I've seen them all. And prior to this cruise, it was Tangled. I had not seen Beauty and the Beast before, but mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, I have to give that one the top spot. It really, just the production... It was incredible. I was just blown away by how wonderful it was. So Beauty and the Beast first, Tangled a close second. It's official. We are best friends. <laughs> That's it. That's it. We don't even have to go on with any more questions. You haven't yet you asked already... her her opinion on truffle presets, Sam. That might be a <laughs> different <laughs> Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about food. <laughs> we did not even talk about food. Okay. Well, let's keep going then. Let's see. Let's see how close of best friends we're going to be. Let's see if we're going to be twinsies. Okay. So tell me, what is your favorite bar on any of the Disney Cruise Line ships that you've been on? Have you been on all five ships, by the way? I have been on all. I have been on all five ships. Yes. Okay. What's yeah. What's your favorite bar space on board? We don't really go to the I yeah, think. it's hard, right? Yeah, we really don't. I mean, I, I like in terms of adult areas, I love Cove Cafe. Um, yeah. I don't really sit there. I just kind of just get my coffee and I leave. So I'm just kind of I think I'm just always like going to activities. And so I'm not really sitting. Oh, you know what, though? I have a good answer. I like the hyperspace lounge. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. On the wish. Yes. That was actually a pretty cool space. So I'll yeah. And that one is actually kid friendly during the day. Yeah, I, I have to say I understand, you know, I feel your pain. It's it. It's hard to get some time in the adult spaces 
when you've got young kids and when they will only tolerate the kids club for a few hours (laughs) or they, you know, don't want to be up until midnight. So, all right. What is a a favorite onboard activity? Well, trivia is my number for sure. What about with the family? Do you guys do any of the family game shows or any of the other, you know, sort of onboard stuff together? You know, we, we really, we really, haven't. And even just with the shows at night, they it's a little hit or miss. My son generally doesn't enjoy or go to them. My mm-hmm. daughter will go to some, but mm-hmm. she kind of take it or leave it. So yeah, in terms of family activities, we we really haven't gone to a lot of those. I, I, th- I would say family activity would probably be the pool. <laughs> the yeah. Pool, just going, just spending time there. Yeah. I, Nathan is the same. He would, he would rather be up on the pool deck than be at like a family game show or something like that. He'll go if I drag him, but yeah, he's not that interested. All right. Favorite rotational dining. Now that you've been on all the ships, I mean, this is tough because I think there's some really great rotational dining restaurants. Yeah. I'm going to give my favorite overall, the one that whenever I see that's coming up next, I'm just happy to see it on, on the schedule for the day's animators palette. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just I just love it. It's just so nostalgic and just gives you, I don't know, the warm, fuzzy feelings when you're watching the show. And I, so that's my favorite. And then, but I would say, you know, just since The Wish doesn't have Animator's Palette on that ship, I really loved Arendelle. That was my favorite. I, I have to agree with you. I, I have Animator's Palette ha- has a special place in my heart as well. I, I love the uniqueness of Tiana's, but Animator's is probably number one uh, for me. Most of the time, I think I look forward to it more than anything else. Same. We got to talk a little bit food. So I need to know your favorite sweet item on board a Disney cruise and your favorite savory item on board a Disney cruise. Let's start with the sweet first. Okay, sweet item. I think definitely soft serve ice cream. But in terms of dining room, the lava cake, the chocolate lava cake. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I know Paolo also has the the souffle, so that's that's mm-hmm. really good too. But in terms of main dining, the chocolate lava cake for sure was my favorite. Nice. All right. Now, more importantly, what's your favorite savory item? You know where I stand. I'm the savory yes. one. Brian's the sweet one. I mean, not that I don't love some on deck soft serve because that's you know that's probably one of my one of my favorite sweet items. But yeah, I mean, savory is is where it's at in my opinion. I do really love the truffle persets. I you know, my 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 son actually will eat several of them. Um, he calls love. them he calls them dumplings. Oh. I also love the fried brie. That's one of my oh yeah top favorites as well. Nice. Yeah, I think I'll leave it at those two. Those two. Awesome. Great. Okay, now that you've been on all of the ships, Aqua Dunk versus Aqua Duck versus Aqua Mouse. Where do you stand? Aqua Duck. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I like the Aqua Mouse a lot. I think it's close, but Aqua Duck over Aqua Dunk, that terrifying thing where you fall through the floor. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I would agree. that That's my ranking as well. I, I love the Aqua Mouse. I wish it was a little longer. I feel yes, like- that's my only complaint. Is it's not long enough. Exactly. Well, right when we're getting into it, it just stops. And so yep. it was so nice going on the Aqua Duck after having been on the mouse, you know, several months back. And I was like, oh, this is, it's continuing to go, you know, good. It feels like it ends. Yeah. The mouse feels like it ends just a little like prematurely or something. It's because of that longer beginning part. Yeah. Like that beginning part, if they could shorten that somehow and still get you to the top and then then get you and then have a little bit more water slide. I think. Yeah. 
great. So yeah, we're of one mind. All right. Now this is a really important question and quite controversial. Which one is your favorite ship? You know, and I I, I genuinely love all five. Like whenever I'm on it, I'm mm-hmm. not complaining, wishing I was on a different. Right. Of course. I will say not because of not because of the ship itself, but I, my vote goes to the magic and because it's the original, it Mm -hmm. was the first Disney ship we were on. And it was also the ship I went on my solo cruise on last year. And I was (laughs) incredibly impressed, but I feel like the staff is just so warm and yeah, I just, I don't know. I, and I love Rapunzel and Tangled and, and I, and I like the intimacy of the smaller ships. So magic, I think would be number one, then wonder, wish, fantasy, dream probably in that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like it. All right. Well, now I have to ask the question I ask everyone on this show. What is your bucket list cruise? If you could go anywhere on Disney Cruise Line and it doesn't even have to be someplace Disney Cruise Line currently goes, where are you going, Lynn? Yeah, I... And you can leave the family at home if you want to. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> it's not going to accommodate school schedules. Um, right. I would love to do an around the world Disney cruise, but I would say that aside, because that's that's probably... I don't think Disney will ever do that. That's just so long. But I would love to do like an Asia cruise that stops by Japan and kind of tack on, you know, Tokyo Disney trip to that. And then if there's some way to also, you know, I don't know, stop by and visit some of the other Asian parks and and just have like overnight ports so you can do that. And that would be probably on my wish list if they ever I, I don't know if they'll ever do anything like that, but that would be cool. Nice. Awesome. Well, that sounds fantastic. I'd be on that cruise for sure. And, you know, welcome to being my new best friend, Lynn. Hey, did I win my fire? <laughs> you, you won. I mean, I don't know if you could win any better than you did, pretty much. I mean, you might have, you know, if you chose the wonder first instead of the magic, that's probably, and I'm not a big Brie fan, but I don't hate on it. It's just not my thing. So yeah. I'm not sure. There's only a couple of ways you could have done like slightly better than you did. So pretty close to 100%. So Lynn, I appreciate you coming on this show and sharing your family's what an amazing experience. 11 nights in the Mediterranean on Disney Cruise Line. I, I don't know that much out there beats that kind of a sailing on Disney Cruise Line at least. And so really, really appreciate you taking the time to walk through the ports and all of the fun that you had with our listeners. Just thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And Lynn, you have a a YouTube. Do you want to tell folks if they would like to check out your YouTube channel about that? Well, I haven't posted videos in a long time on it, but I do have a channel called Loving Everything Disney. And there is some old video footage of an Alaska sailing that we did. So maybe (laughs) we'll get around to posting some other vlogs on there. But I, uh, unlike Brian, I don't have the patience to edit. So you'll just have to bear with that. (laughs) A pretty professional home video-like footage. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find 
find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon if you'd like to help support the show. We really, truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.